Hi everyone, I'm Max from AFM. Welcome to the Pilot Training Connect podcast, where we interview individuals from the pilot training industry to learn more about their organization and their views. Every week we invite an industry leader to sit down with us, and this week I have the great pleasure to be joined by Mark Delany, Chief Executive Officer at Ansett Aviation Training. Ansett Aviation Training is a global operator of full flight simulators. Welcome to the Pilot Training Connect podcast, Mark. Thank you very much, Max. Uh, nice to be with you. Mark, can you give us uh, an overview of uh, Ansett Aviation's training global operation and specifically what you do in terms of supporting the industry with pilot training activities? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Max. So Ansett Aviation Training is a, a global uh, operator. I'd like to say we're, we're probably a global private operator in that um, we operate as an independent provider of simulator training for airlines across the globe from our, our training centres. We have training centres in Australia. Um, we have four centres there. We have our centre in Taipei. We have the centre in Milan. And we're very proud to be uh, opening uh, an operation here in Dubai. We offer standard dry training support to airlines across all of those regions. Uh, we do significant amount of wet training and tight ratings also for airlines. Um, we provide overflow training for airlines who've got their own simulators but require some overflow, overflow support. Uh, we house and maintain simulators on behalf of um, various airlines as well. So uh, we have quite a broad offering, but all of it's tailored towards supporting great outcomes for airlines for either their wet training, their tight ratings or you know, that, that recurrent training. Um, so the pilots get the best experience they can and the highest quality training they can. So we're supporting them and being safe uh, in their operations back with the airlines. Fantastic. And and um, it sounds like from your global footprint that you are of quite significant size. Can you give us an indication of the amount of full flight simulators that you have across the world and also the different types that you are operating within your training centers? Yeah, sure. So we're currently operating 30 full flight simulators across our global footprint. And we are we are slightly unique in that, in particularly Australia, we have some of the older simulators, so we support supporting regional aviation uh, in our region. So we have uh, a very diverse um, set. We go from King Air 200s through Embraer's, uh, Metro's, on up through 737 NG, uh, the 73 Max, the A320s. Um, we, uh, we house special, um, um, house and maintain special simulators for some mission critical operations around the world. Um, we house and maintain the, an A380 simulator in our, in our Melbourne facility. We're probably one of the only private operators in the world that does that. So we have a very broad um, range of simulators and a very broad skill set that allows us to maintain those simulators at a very high level, high availability, uh, very high quality for the training for all of our crews. Fantastic. Um, I know that ANSET is also maybe the simulator training centre with the longest history. Uh, can you just share a bit more about um, the ANSET history and uh, how it has developed over the years? Yes, look, ANSET's a famous brand in the aviation um, market worldwide. So 
ANSET airline in Australia was one of the iconic airlines. Um, so our brand is 85 years old, which you know we take very seriously. We always, I always say tread lightly on history and treasure the brand while while you have the honour to, to look after it. So we certainly are very proud of our brand. Uh, when the NCD airline ceased to exist in 2002, some smart people realised that the simulator training centre at Tullamarine in Melbourne uh, would, was an, it's an agnostic um, strategic asset um, that other airlines would uh, require um, support from. So they privatised it and it's gone through a couple of sets of different hands uh, in the you know preceding 20 odd years since then. Um, some of the staff we have, some of our technicians, for example, in the company have been with ANSET for over 35 years. So we have a very deep and broad experience set across our organisation and a very proud brand with the ANSET brand. Fantastic. I, I think, um, you know, um, having studied the global full flight simulator training infrastructure, a lot of airlines and a lot of people within this industry when they hear of ANSET, they immediately think of the airline, the Australian airline, and they immediately think of, okay, this is this full flight simulator training center group located in Australia, you know, uh, heavily focused on the Australian market. But through um, discussion with you and really through researching ANSET, I know that ANSET actually is a, is a brand with a global uh, kind of focus. Um, can you just share with everyone uh, um, in rough indication of the number of airlines that you're training and then also kind of uh, how you look at the global focus or the global operations of ANSET, uh, the ANSET group. Sure, Max. We have in excess of 100 contracts, um, commercial contracts with different airlines and aviation organisations around the world. So um, it's it's a very broad set. You know, we will be dealing with, you know, small King Air operators um, through to the tier one airlines uh, in, in the regions, uh, which is, it's our USP really, in that we're not tied to a particular OEM from the SIM. We have CAE SIMs, True SIMs, uh, we, we've got all of the, all of the SIMs. Um, so we have great relationships across all the OEMs. And that gives uh, all of our customers confidence. They can come to us knowing that they're going to get a, a uh, they're going to be well looked after by a team with a with a, a very a strong band, a strong set of values, uh, and a strong experience set across whatever simulators, whether they want to train them with us or if they want to um, bring their simulator to us to house and maintain, which we do for a number of airlines. Yeah, and and uh, especially. Um, I think your your global operations in Taiwan uh, uh, and in Italy and now in the UAE as well um, are also very strategically placed to kind of cater to uh, to those regional markets. Can you give an indication in in those different training centers what type of equipment do you have? Yeah, sure. So in our Thai, uh, Taiwan simulator center, we have the ATR seventy two six hundred. Uh, and, uh, and A320, a highly um, uh, sort of modified A320. Then in the Milan Centre, we have the 737NG, the A320. Uh, we have the Abro, the old Queen of the Skies, the, uh, the Abro. And we also, very unique, we have the only CL415 full flight simulator in the world. So the CL415 is the fixed wing scooper firefighting aircraft that we see a lot of, particularly during the fire season. They do a fantastic job. Uh, those crews out there, and we're very proud to be providing with that full flight simulator high fidelity training in their, in their off seasons when they come and train with us in Milan. 
uh, in Dubai. Um, we hope to have four simulators here within the next 18 months, and we're starting off uh, with the ATR 72600, uh, which is, it was powered up a couple of days ago, and uh, will be ready for training in the uh, second week in September. Fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Um, I know for the entire industry, the past couple of years were first quite difficult due to travel restrictions, due to low demand for uh, pilot training, and then started being quite difficult due to the high demand for pilot training and the lack of uh, uh, the lack of um, global capacity on specific types of aircraft. Um, can you tell us a bit more of how has this last year uh, uh, kind of developed at ANSET and any announcements that you've made over the past six to 12 months? Yeah, look, it's been a very interesting last 12 months. Um, we've been very busy with um, supporting all of our customers with the rebound post-COVID. Uh, there's no doubt it's been an extraordinary period. None of us force, you know, or could accurately forecast what that demand profile was going to look like over the last 12 months. So it's been a, uh, a kind of sprint to keep up in, in a lot of areas. Um, the ANSET's philosophy is we, we don't seek transactional business. We really look for strategic and long-term partnerships with, with our customers. We believe that's how everyone secures the best value out of all relationships and, and it ensures the focus remains on quality of training, not transactional wins. Um, so but through our Oceania region, we have very deep and long relationships. That's seen us um, buy you know, um, some simulators um, um, that the airlines may not uh, have wanted to operate themselves any further. Um, we won the, a contract with uh, Virgin to run their simulator centre um, down in Australia, So, which further deepens that long-term relationship strategy we have as opposed to the transactional. Um, we work really hard, it's, as, as most people listening to this would understand, you can take a lot of transactional and fill your sim up um, that way. And, and certainly there's a place for that to support um, parts of the industry. Um, but for that long-term, really um, high quality training outcomes um, and customer-centric approach, which is something we're very proud of, uh, we work very hard on those strategic type relationships and outcomes to to better support the industry. We believe that's how we get win-win-win scenarios for for us and our customers, and more importantly, for all the pilots that are training in the in the simulators. Yeah, I, I think this is something when when we initially studied the industry and when uh, we at AFM came across the ANSET uh, brand name, we uh, know that it resonated with a lot of people for uh, long-term partnerships between operators and uh, and uh, ANSET itself. Um, I think one of the things which really excites me and everyone at AFM uh, being headquartered here in Dubai in the UAE is your announcement not too long ago of you know establishing a new simulator training center here in the United Arab Emirates uh, and the the deployment of an ATR 72600 uh, simulator here the first one in the wider region I think this was a um, a very bold move, but also um, a very strategic move, uh, looking at the different operators across the wider region and the, the lack of training infrastructure that, that they're having. Uh, so congratulations for, for that announcement and for that new center. How do you view um, this new training location uh, for ANSET um, as as part of your global view of growth? 
Yeah, it's a good question, Max. So um, firstly, a shout out to Mark Cameron, um, Dynamic Aviation Training, who, so we're co-locating uh, in Mark's facility and in Dubai South, an, an absolute world-class training centre Mark has here for more cabin crew training and more holistic um, total crew, tr crew training, tr truly a centre of excellence. And we're very proud that um, we've uh, been able to, to move in here at Dynamic Training and provide some more of that holistic those holistic training outcomes. Um, we see for ANSET's global footprint through uh, Australasia, uh, Taiwan, and then up into Milan. There was, uh, to me, there was a piece missing in the middle. What the connection for that, and and to me, Dubai was a natural fit for that connection to to connect our global footprint. Um, it it uh, is very time zone friendly when you when you're living in Australia or Milan. Um, you kind of got the extremes on the time zones and. Dubai really helps balance um, the practicalities of running a global business on, on such a friendly time zone. We also um, saw the demand when you've got, um, and I'm sorry if I get the statistics slightly wrong, but when you've got about half of the world's population within a four-hour flight from, from one place, which is from Dubai, you realise it's a place to be um, from a global perspective. Um, the growth in the region is spectacular. Um, it's an exciting place to be around and to do business in with a very positive uh, growth mindset, um, including through through COVID. The growth through COVID through lots uh, in this region is, is really impressive and to be congratulated. So we see Dubai as a natural link um, to join our global network. Uh, it allows us to leverage ourselves more as a global business and to take more advantage of the um, the global footprint. There's a significant uh, amount of talent available through the region, which is fantastic. Um, and as I said, the, the proliferation of airlines within a four-hour flight from Dubai is is phenomenal, mm. and uh, and that creates real opportunity to develop some really good partnerships here and build a um, a nice long-term sustainable business range in the region. Yeah, it's absolutely uh, fantastic uh, that you know you made this this uh, announcement and this move so uh, so quickly coming out of uh, the challenging last few years. Um, you mentioned a couple of very interesting points. So the proliferation of new aircraft, uh, new airlines within you know this wider re uh, region here. Um, when you look at like your global operations and and uh, the different operators that you're working with, what are some of the key trends that you're seeing which are developing in uh, the industry? So one of the things that I'm really focused on a lot with AFM and our research team at the moment is um, that the demand for for a flight deck crew is so high that uh, it's really starting to impact. Um, a wide a section of the industry, um, you know, with uh, the major airlines uh, kind of pulling in uh, people from the turboprop uh, operators and from the low-cost carriers, and they then themselves uh, kind of, you know, uh, activating their own um, uh, aggressive pilot recruitment uh, pipelines and also, um, you know, hiring instructors where as possible. Um, so one of the key things that we're looking at is this flow of of pilots to match this demand and the effect that it has on the uh, global training industry's capability to train by having not enough uh, instructors. Uh, how do you view that development? Yeah, it's a great question, Max, and, I, and it, it's, some, it's a question that anyone in the aviation um, pilot training industry, uh, be it supply side or demand side, is um, doing a lot of contemplative thinking about 
Um, again, uh, we've taken a very strategic um, view of it at ANSET. Um, you know, I've been actively running a program on it since October last year. Again, we were, we, we're looking to make sure we have an enduring strategic um, plan um, with those long-term relationships to support some key airlines through what's going to be a very challenging time to ensure they've got the pilots required to deliver their individual airline strategic plans and, and operational outcomes. There's no doubt that uh, the industry is under stress worldwide. Uh, the number of instructors is very, very low. Um, through, I know some of my alumni from an airline I flew with, um, you know, they all took the offer of, of a kind of furlough package going into COVID and you know, that's that's a whole cohort of very senior instructors and then they're not coming back and and then the low flying rates throughout COVID meant that next couple of years of TRIs and you know, potential TREs that would have been developed underneath those guys all didn't get developed as well. So it's left a, we, we're all aware, a very big gap in the industry and, and the demand uh, to hire pilots means that the even in the GA world now around the world, we're seeing some of those instructors being, you know, recruited, excuse me, actively recruited by the airlines. So uh, my, my perspective is that um, people need to have very deliberate and strategic plans in place to secure their pilot pipelines over the next five to ten years. Um, I don't, if people, I, I don't think there's an, an option to sit back and think it'll be okay. I, th I think people have to be very proactive. And, I mean, and typically in our industry, um, people are proactive. That's that's the nature of aviation. And, and I think this is one of those times. It's um, if I look at it from a supply chain perspective, um, you know, the supply chains to support aviation have been damaged, and it's going to take a long time for them to require. Um, you know, be be repaired and to build some resilience, and that we can have confidence with our strategic plans around supply chains. And in, in many ways, to look at the pilots, you know, suppliers, it's a supply chain issue as well now, with you know severe restrictions and severe choke points and and uh, risk areas and that that we have to work our way through as an industry to ensure that we can maintain a very high standard of training. Yeah. Um, to ensure we have safe skies out there, which is ultimately what must be always our, our primary focus. Yeah, uh, you you make an excellent point. One of the key things that we're currently studying at AFM is the high attrition rates uh, throughout the industry, be it at different airlines or be it a different training organization, which really what we find currently right now is that um, organizations, the level of, of attrition um, is heavily influenced, of course, by the demand, but we're also seeing that uh, organizations which have put uh, heavy emphasis on um, employee engagement, employee programs are just able to grow so much better due to not having this constant uh, churn of talent and retraining. Um, how is it at ANSET? Because I remember, I know just before uh, we started this interview, you you told me about you know how some of your employees or some of your team members or staff have been with you uh, an interesting amount of time, I would say. So <laughs> I, I, it would be great to hear more about you know how how you at Ansett are tackling this specific issue for the demand for talent and how you you retain that talent at Ansett. Yeah. Look, the the, the challenges to find really good talent in many professions, is, it's quite profound now. Uh, there's no doubt about it. It's it's changed post-COVID. Expectations of employees have changed. Um, the 
uh, recruiting process has changed, uh, and it's it's kind of a voyage of discovery every time we we go. Okay, we need to recruit this sort of this person. What we've also seen is the um, junior technician talent come under threat from external industries. Nothing to do with simulators, of you know, for the the boom in the technical world as well, because we're exposed in various countries around the world, and, and Taiwan, for example, with the semiconductor industry. You know, it's uh, it's a very hot market for everyone, anyone who's got that electrical or avionics talent. So, yeah, there are challenges for all of us. We're not immune to the post-COVID uh, talent challenge to to find and recruit, and then most importantly, retain. You know, it's very difficult um, for the airlines who might be churning at thirty to forty percent. Some airlines of that talent through, and it's that's that's really hard. Um, how do you to forecast and plan? And, and if you have that supply chain view, how do you know you're going to have the the pilots you need to deliver that strategic outcome for the for the airline and to support the growth? Um, it's it's difficult. It's I mean we we ensure we have exposure in the turboprop field with our we've got uh, multiple turboprop simulators because you know that that end of the market is going to be under I think a lot of strain as as people are. I mean, for a young pilot in the industry, um, what a fantastic time to know that they can move very quickly through, you know, the right and left seat in the jet world and uh, and have a fantastic career and, and good on them. And I'm excited for the, you know, the guys and girls coming through who are going to enjoy that opportunity. What it, what it does, but um, for the for all the airlines, it creates enormous pressure around the uh, that churn. I know in particular, it's uh, one of the challenges is having to bring TRIs offline to do simulator training and the complexities that brings around rostering um, because of the pure demand for those TRIs and TREs to be online doing line training and 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 so forth. So yeah, those things all combine to make it a very difficult, it's a very dynamic, very dynamic environment, very reactive environment we've seen over the last 12 months. and. And as I said earlier, I think the the pathway to success is very deliberate, strategic forward planning here to to secure pilot pipelines and uh, and know that the growth is sustainable, um, and more, most importantly, safe. We just we must never see our standards drop from a safety perspective in the industry, and it's something Ansett's really passionate about. Yeah, I fully agree with you. What about your own team, your own personnel? How how um... What what initiatives have you put in place to ensure that you know your own team is there to support this growth stays you know uh, stays with you um, you know what is your current like vision and mission um, because I I know just before we started this interview you told me uh, uh, your longer your some of your simulator technicians have been with the company for. Um, over 35 uh, years. Yeah, over 35 years. So I think it would be really good because I know there's uh, quite a few um, uh, different training organizations which are listening as well and which are battling this constant uh, churn of, of personnel uh, to hear more about how you are tackling that uh, retention initiative of your own team. Yeah, it's a great question, Max. We, we've done a, a huge amount of work over the last 12 months on employee engagement you know we've we've bought an external consultants um, um, who work to build high performance teams and behaviors that support those teams and work through a whole new values mission um, vision uh, process for the team the i think it's important you focus on what you can control and don't spend all your time focusing on the stuff you can't control 
So uh, to me, I, I, I try to stay very clearly focused on what we can influence in the business and how, how we can help influence to look after our staff. I mean, without our staff, we haven't got a business. When you're in the simulator game, you've got a, you've got a lot of really nice flash looking simulators sitting in simulator halls, but they're not doing anything unless your technicians are, are, are there and they've got the right parts because um, your logistics teams are working right and, and all of those things sequence together to get that quality outcome we need for all of our customers and and again um, so that when they leave and get in the planes we've got safe skies out there so um, employee engagement is, is a big focus um, expanding the team yeah as we all get busier you can quickly outrun your executive and your leadership teams in any in any company so we've been deliberately expanding the team as we go, and yeah, we've got a very supportive board who who have been very you know extremely supportive around that to ensure we have the uh, the right talent and the right resources, um, so that we have both some resilience within, uh, and also we all are set for that growth to support because our customers are growing all with us, and we need to grow with our customers and support them. That's what we're here for. Um, so there's been a lot of focus on on our employees. The culture in the business to me is uh, the number one focus. Um, certainly as a CEO and, and our executive team, our focus on culture is, is primary. It comes before focus on the P&L and results. Um, because without the right culture and without the that workforce who are engaged, um, you're never going to get there. Um, you're never going to have that high performance team or maximise your outcome that, um, that we should deliver for the business. And yeah. with the with this agile dynamic team with growth aspirations, I have to ask, where do you see Ansett Aviation training in two to three years' time? Booming, Max, doing very, very well. So uh, yeah, no, we uh, we we will continue to grow with our customers. We will continue to assess the opportunities to support the industry in the regions that we're active within, and um, we are looking at some, you know alternative offerings around our core capabilities and and we're obviously always looking at new regions to potentially expand into uh, like we've just done now coming to Dubai to support this region so um, we we are very uh, methodical and instructed in our planning um, however we, we realize that you need a, a certain level of agility in an, in an active market and, and we we try to ensure um, that we do stay at pace with our customers. It's very important, I believe, our customers because have confidence uh, in our ability to, to to keep moving with them and supporting them. Uh, that's really fantastic to hear because one of one of the key things that we're now closely watching at uh, at AFM we we see that there is huge demand for full flight simulator capacity on specific types. Uh, we also see more and more that operators because they need that capacity today, uh, are looking for aggressively uh, for solutions. The, um, the market for secondhand simulators is very interesting at the moment. And at the same time, a number of different players, a number of different operators are looking at ways to increase capacity. Uh, and in a lot of different cases also quite significantly, but by the sound by the sounds of it, it sounds like Ansett is very much focused on uh, on uh, growing with its customers, being in constant contact with its customers and matching their growth uh, uh, rather than you know going ahead and uh, announcing new simulator training centers and uh, uh, ordering a bunch of full flight simulators. Is that the correct statement? Uh, yeah, we we don't have a build it and they will come on set. Um, we uh, that's that's not part of our strategy. 
certainly part of our strategy is to is to you know work in our core with our we've got such a wonderful group of of customers across the globe um we have a, a very clear customer centric focus in the business to work with them and make sure we're providing the solutions they they ask for and they require and that we've got the capacity and the capital to do that for them um but we will always look for opportunities to expand as well. Um, so um, it's we have to stay curious as to what's going on. Um, there's so many changes uh, over the last 12 months. I mean, anyone who was leading a strategic planning um, process for their teams 18 months ago, I can almost guarantee whatever got written down hasn't happened. It's been so dynamic, it's changed. Um, we, we've set a very clear strategic direction uh, last year and and that focuses on our core and but also make sure that we are uh, agile and ready to take advantage of emerging opportunities and and we we always stay curious about new technologies new um because our customers expect us to and our, and our customers are going to go down those pathways and we, and we want to be with them there's new technologies coming everywhere with the you know, ev toll with uh, with the drones, with VR and so forth. And yeah, we are actively, you know, always actively looking at what that might mean for our business and what that might mean to enhance our support with our customers as well. Fantastic. Uh, really, I can't thank you enough for sharing your insights with us today, Mark. Uh, if anyone wants to learn more about ANSET Aviation Training, please check out their website. It is ansetaviationtraining.com or connect with Mark on LinkedIn. Mark, I know you're quite active on LinkedIn as well, so it's a, it is a great place to connect with you, correct? Uh, yeah, it's a good place to connect with me. So, uh, so yes, a fantastic platform. And, you know, I have to say thank you to you, Max, the AFM and the insights that we gain um, and the confidence we gain from um, being able to read your research and benefit from that is, is very, very important for the industry. So thank you very much. Thank you.